Hello people, it's your boy Caesar here and this is another episode of The Highbury Club. Hope all is good. You know where to find us at The Highbury Club. You know where to find me at C-Says, C-E-A-S-E-S-A-Y-S. What's good, people? That's right, it is our first European game of the season. This is a preview episode looking ahead to tonight's game against FC Zurich. Apologies for the lateness in getting this one out. Had trouble finding the any key. So if anyone knows where the any key is, let me know because it will help make this whole thing a lot smoother. I joke, of course, but as you know, things come up. So hopefully you uh, bear with us. But needless to say, we're going to get right into it. Um, As said for our first European game of the season, we've had a good start to the season despite the weekend's loss to Manchester United. So it's a good opportunity to uh, get some rotation in, get some players, um, some minutes in their legs, and also figure out about the weekend and kick on uh, and start a new run. So we're going to discuss the lineup tactics, what we want to expect from tonight's game, as well as some of the interesting talking points um, to come up. So the fact is, um, we've won five out of our last six games, have our first European game of the season, and it's good to be back in Europe, even if it's not the Champions League. Um, you, you never want to be out of Europe because top team, you want to be um, playing against the best of the best. Um, that being said, there was always the potential for some positives um, for having a season out of Europe, focusing on the Premier League, allowing um, Arteta most midweeks to really embed his style of play and his philosophy so the players can understand it. Whereas when you're playing every three days, you don't maybe have as much time with the players to really get them to learn um, the positional play and particularly given the complexity of some aspects of the positional play that that sort of game one game a week really allowed for that opportunity so in the long run that may end up um, providing some benefits but there were downsides it wasn't possible to get some of the squad players enough minutes um, which I think hampered us in the long run when it came towards the end of the uh, Premier League run last season where we started getting some injuries some of those players who had to step in weren't match fit, weren't ready and weren't up to the level. And ultimately we missed out on the Champions League. So swings and roundabouts with that kind of thing. This season though, don't have that problem. If anything, have the other problem. We now have a squad that's maybe a couple of players light. Um, you know, we've had some players go out on loan. Some players have been sold um, and we have some injuries as well. So now we have a game every three days and pretty much we'll be playing every three days until the World Cup begins. Um, and we don't have that much space to rotate when everyone's fit. We've got, we've got enough players to make do. When we have some injuries, we're going to start to have some problems, and that's what we're going to see. So we'll have to see how the squad, uh, Arteta, the medical staff, manage the minutes and manage the loads. But it's a point I make repeatedly. If you want to be at the top table of European football, you play every three, ga- uh, every three days. That means your best players have to be robust enough to play every three days. If they can't do that, you can't be at the top table, and that's the reality. So regardless of whether or not we're a couple of players short, the fact is that the squad we have is good enough to play. The question is, are they robust enough? And if we get the injuries, then it's bad luck. Um, not necessarily bad planning. That's my view anyway. Um, so that being said, of course, we do have to prepare. After Sunday's loss um, against Manchester United, we now find ourselves playing FC Zurich away, of course, we're not actually away in Zurich because of a Diamond League Athletics um, event and an Ed Sheeran concert, I believe. So they've been forced to move uh, a few miles down down the way to St. Gallen, uh, about an hour away. And not for the first time this season. I think the same thing happened to them when they were playing Hearts in qualifying. But in any case, um, no doubt Arteta will be eager to kind of get the side back in the groove of winning. 
which is where playing every three days helps because you don't have much time to dwell on what happened. You, you're just straight into the next game. Got to refocus, got to go again. Um, and we will want to, I suspect, play a pretty strong side to try and uh, begin the process of trying to secure the top spot because it's really it's going to be really important that we finish top of the group, um, not just because obviously you want to be able to go through and you want to have the confidence of winning games, but this season in the Europa League, if you finish second, you will be playing in a round of 32 game against a team that drops out of the Champions League. So you don't want that, particularly when, you know, the likes of Inter Milan, Bayern Munich could drop into it, depending on how the group stages go. There are a couple of teams, really good teams, who could uh, have a realistic prospect of dropping in. So you want to try and avoid any of that if you can. One less game, particularly in a truncated season with the World Cup in the middle. Um, there's also the fact that Look, we are one of the favourites for this competition. That is a fact. Ourselves, Manchester United, two of the favourites. Roma are in there as well, the uh, UEFA Conference League winners from last season. Plus, any of the top sides you drop from the Champions League, which is yet to be determined. So, we are one of the favourites. A lot of people, obviously, and rightly so, are preoccupied with getting back into the Champions League because that's where we need to be and it's been too long. But we also have a chance at winning a European trophy. I cannot say this enough, and you'll hear me say it again and again and again and again. This team needs to win a European trophy. It has been far too long since this club has won a European trophy. Far too long. We have not won enough of them in our in our time, and for a club of our stature, that is simply not good enough, particularly given we've been playing Europa League for the last five, six years, Um and we've not won it a single time. You know, we've got to a couple of semifinals, got to a final, out in a quarterfinal. Not good enough. We need to have won it. Um, and we've had some bad luck in terms of um, fixtures. You know, we've ended up playing the likes of Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, we faced Chelsea in a final when Hazard was on one and our players were off it. Um, and we lost to Villarreal in a semifinal, who went on to beat Manchester United in the final and win it. Um the the one standout was the quarterfinal loss to Olympiacos, which just absolutely was not good enough. So we now have a, a chance to put that right, and we're going to need to. You know, we won um, the Intercity's Fairs Cup in 1970 and the Cup Winners' Cup in 1994. Those are our European trophies. Nowhere near good enough. So here we are. I want to win a European trophy for winning a European trophy's sake. Um, Arteta spoke about that, said it's been a long time, um, and he'd be the he'd like to be the first one to break that negative record. And you have to start somewhere. And for him, that starts tomorrow. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, look, in recent seasons, United have won the Europa League. Chelsea have won the Europa League. Shit, Liverpool won the Europa League in 2001. I know talk, people talk about getting back into Champions League, but I want that European trophy because I want a European trophy. So I want to see us lift this trophy this season, and I hope we can do it. Um, you saw some of the Champions League games last night, and when you watch it, you can't help but feel like you know, that should be us. You see Spurs playing Marseille last night. You can't help but think that should be us. Um, you know, the likes of um, Tavares and Sanchez and Kolasinac and Genduzi were all there last night. Spurs won 2-0, two goals from uh, Charleston after Marseille got a, uh, got a red card. Honestly speaking, Marseille were decent. Spurs weren't great, and it was two-headed goals towards the end of the game that won it for them. Um, I saw people talking about Genduzi because he had a good game. I have no idea why people are still talking about him. Literally have no idea why. He was here for a short period of time, did well, particularly given how much we bought him for and where he came from. Didn't sell him for anywhere near what he was worth, but we know why. It's done. Literally move on. I don't. We've got a young side who are top of the league after six games. I have no idea what we have to be envious about. I really don't. 
I really feel like people need to get over it. It's done. Um, it just feels like one of those things where people have to be begrudgingly respectful about Arteta. Now the team are doing well, but it's one of those sticks that are, that's brought out to be Arteta at the moment, you know, things turn a little sour and I fully expect that to be the case. If we have a downturn at this, um, at any point in the season, people wheel the old Genduzi Ozil, uh, tropes out, but there we are. Um, we also saw Napoli absolutely destroy Liverpool. I have no idea what's happening to Liverpool right now, but they are in a very bad moment. And all I want to know is, when do we play them? Because uh, if there's a time to play Liverpool, it's kind of now. They are not great. Um, our Liverpool game isn't until the 9th of October. I think it's a Sunday. Um, yeah, you know who knows whether they've turned it around by then. But we saw what happened to um, Thomas Tuchel. I don't suspect the same, you know, Klopp is under the same risk, but this is football. Crazy things do happen. Um, you saw Napoli on a good few of their goals and, you know, they got a few good chances by exploiting the space in behind Liverpool when they pressed up. And that is what's going to happen to teams who play the way Liverpool play. Same thing that happened to us when we played Manchester United on the weekend. You push up, you leave space in behind. If you've got a good counter-attacking team who take their chances, you're going to get beat, and that's exactly what happened. Um, there were a lot of bad things about Liverpool's performance, but uh, yeah, yikes. Um, we saw Bayern beat Inter and Ajax absolutely thump Rangers. So you're starting to get a sense for the teams who are going to do well and teams who have something to work on, but it's still early days in that competition. But it's one to keep an eye on because obviously we want to get a sense of who we might be facing in the next uh, rounds of the Europa League, subject to us going through. And with that being said, we go into this match favourites. Look, top of the Premier League, 15 points out of a possible 18. Um, I expect a decent amount of rotation, but not sort of to the stage that we saw, you know, in previous seasons when we were playing the likes of Dundalk. Um, I don't think this is going to be a U21 game, judging by the players who have travelled. It's not going to be sort of an influx of uh, under-21 players. It's very much going to be players who've been on the subs bench uh, for the start of the season being rotated, rotated into this starting eleven. And while we've had a good start, FC Zurich have had a very, very bad start to their season. Um, they've not won a game in their domestic competition. Um, so we're gonna get we're gonna get into them, but we're catching them at a bad, bad moment, which could be good for us or bad for us. You know, they could be looking at a big big scalp to try and kickstart their season, or we could be catching them on a pretty pretty bad downturn, which will allow us to kind of, you know, put our foot in their neck and, and stomp them out. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, like we said, expect some heavy rotation. I would expect, you don't know for certain, because Arteta does things his own way, but I would expect to see the likes of Matt Turner, Tommy Asu, Rob Holding, Kieran Tierney, Fabio Vieri, Eddie Nketiah, all starting. That's what I would expect, but we will see. Um, but with injuries, there are complications, right? For example, we assume that Nketiah will uh, start ahead of Jesus in this game. And if, for example, Marquinhos, who has travelled with the squad, starts ahead of Saka, what does that mean for the left-hand side? Um, you know, Martinelli's played almost every minute of every game so far. Uh, so what do we do in that situation? Um, given that we have the injuries and we'll need to rotate, that rotation is going to be tough. Um, but that being said, successful sides in Europe play every three days. So it's something we just have to manage. Injuries or no injuries, we have to manage it. And it's just the reality of it. Once the season's, season's over, we can have a look and see what transfer activity that did or didn't happen may have impacted our ability to succeed. But regardless of what you could have done, I think you have to look at the squad that you have. And is the squad that you have good enough to do what you need to do? Prior to the winter window opening, 
the squad we have is good enough to do what we need to do if we can keep players fit. And that's the job of the medical staff and the rest of the, the rest of the team over at the club. So we'll have to see how that is managed. Um, look, when it comes to European group stages, we we get the job done. We tend to get the job done. We've won 75% of our 24 group stage matches in Europa League. Um, saw on the Arsenal website of the 94 teams that have participated in the group stages of this competition on uh, on at least the three previous occasions only Zenit have a better win rate at 79% um, Zurich on the other hand they've won three of their last 10, match- 10 matches against English opponents in, the U- in Europe lost seven although all three victories came in home matches most recently beating Villa 2-0 in the Intertoto Cup in July 2002 so when you see those kind of records it doesn't tell us much about now that's you know 20 years ago um so we will ultimately be looking to continue our good form of getting out of the group stages and kicking on in the competition and like i said finishing top of the group is really going to be important so we'll want to win this match win it convincingly go on to psv do the double over them because if we can um, qualify early it will allow us for rotation in the thick of the uh, first half of the premier league um, season and so we can rotate heavily in the europa league in the last couple of games saving some minutes for players for those those uh, Premier League minutes. Um, you know, Arteta spoke in a press conference about bringing a strong, strong squad with him and whether that's an indication of trying to do things as quickly as possible. And he was very blunt. We don't have that many players available. Um, he said, unfortunately, with injuries we've picked up in the last two or three weeks, this is a competition that we take seriously against an opponent that's going to make life difficult for us. Um, he says, we want to start the competition in the right way and maintain our momentum. Um, look, FC Zurich, they qualified for the Champions League by winning their domestic title, um, but they were unable to get past Azerbaijan's Karabag in the second qualifying round. They lost 5-4 in aggregate, meaning they dropped down um, and they played games against Linfield over two legs and uh, Hearts over two legs, beating both, um, meaning they booked their their place in the Europa League uh, group stage for the fifth time in 11 years. As we said, they are the Swift champions. They won the league last season by a 14-point margin, so they walked it. Uh, But this was their first title in 13 seasons. They'd actually had a relegation um, sort of in 2017, uh, though they are 13-time Swiss champions. So they are a dominant team in their league, though they've had a rough time of it in recent years. Um, But as I said, they have started poorly this season. They're without a win from their first seven games um, this domestic season, and they suffered three consecutive home defeats to Sion, Basel, and Lugano. So they're not in a good place. They lost a highly rated 18-year-old to uh, Wilfred Ngoto um, to Leeds, I believe, um, but he hadn't scored in the league this season anyway. Um, so looking at the important players, so as we said, expecting heavy rotation on the Arsenal side of things. Um, one of the players that I think we are all waiting to see, expecting to see Fabio Vieira. So he made his debut on the weekend against Manchester United, had some good moments, had some rough moments. You know, he's slight of frame. He definitely needs to get in the gym and muscle up, and that's going to take time. Um, so I'm not looking at him as a player for this season necessarily. I'm definitely looking at him for a, as a player who can make an impact next season. But what will be interesting to see is what he can do this season because he wasn't bought for, you know, four or five million. He was bought for over 30 million. So he is a player that was brought in to have an impact this season. But I think we're going to see the best of him from next year. But what I want to see this season is just him display skills, um, allow us to retain the ball in key areas, play in tight spaces, unlock defences, and push some of our starting 11 for a place. Um, 
we spoke about the potential to upgrade on the left eight. You know, that's where all the Tielemans talk came in. Um, the fact is, Vieira might be that player. You know, there's been a lot of talk of him rotating minutes with Saka or stepping in for Erdegaard, which is both possible. Uh, Bowler count seems to be what he could do. But you never know. It may be that he is there eyeing up that Shaka spot, thinking that's something he can nab. You never know. Um, he looks like a very, very interesting player. There was one pass in the Man United game. I think you, by now you would have all seen it. It was an absolute line-splitting ball that almost perfectly landed, um, sliced through the midfield, and the defence perfectly landed in the six-yard box for one of our players running onto it. It was brilliant. Um if he can do some of that, as well as, again, like I said, some of the link-up playing tight spaces, he could be very, very good for us. If you have a look at uh, Bayern Munich's second goal against Inter Milan yesterday in the Champions League, you'll see how devastatingly effective a player who can play in small spaces can be. Um, Leroy Sane linked up with Kingsley Coman to do sort of like a Wilshere Giroud give-and-go for the Norwich goal. And it was just Sane's ability to receive the ball, stop, turn. He was surrounded by three um, Inter Milan players in a triangle, and he just sort of did a quick give and go with Coman and he was around him and out and effectively was able to play a ball across the six-yard box, knocked into the goal by the Inter Milan defender. That ability to give and go and play in those spaces is going to be crucial when you're playing positional football. Um, when you have that positional play and you're playing possession football when you're dominant, you need to be able to play in those spaces. And that's something which he looks good at, but he also looks like he can you know, play effectively, um, smoothly from the right-hand side, coming into the left and playing those Odegaard left-footed left -footed balls into the box. So he looks perfectly versatile, good cameo, um, some good touches, a little rusty. So this will be an opportunity for him to get his first start for us in any competition, including preseason. So we'll, we'll be fascinated to see how he does. Um, the competition isn't going to be the strongest he'll face this year, but that's why it might be a good time for him to get a start. Um, so it's, it's it's a shame that when we got him, he was sort of injured, but, you know, and he's essentially had no real preseason. So the last few weeks have effectively been his preseason. So now hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll see him start to uh, take off a little bit. Um, there's obviously the question mark about what to do about Saka. Um, we'll have to rotate. So let's see what happens, whether it's a Marquinhos situation there or whether in fact it's Vieira and someone else plays in the eight. We'll have to see what happens with Odegaard because of course he picked up a knock against Villa played against United, maybe this is an opportunity to give him some rest to hopefully make sure that that doesn't turn into a persistent problem. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Um, you know, uh, Arteta spoke about the plan to give Bakayo uh, some rest in terms of minutes. And ultimately he said, we'll try. Um, if the squad and performances allow us, we'll try our best to manage his load and get him off the field, get him on the field in the best possible condition. Um so yeah, we'll see what he does about that. Another player, though, that really interested to see, Eddie Nketiah. He has done brilliantly every time he's come off the bench. He's been really impactful, really effective, played a part in us seeing out our wins, getting wins. Um, he just obviously, given the form of Jesus, hasn't had a start. Um, this should be his first start of the season. I expect that part of the conversation when he renewed his contract was his ability to get games in the group stages um in the Europa League as well as sort of the five subs allowing for heavy rotation in the league um and also given you know the multitude of attacking options and the way we play he'd be given an opportunity to be sort of one of the first subs off the bench as well minutes of currency and he's definitely um you know he's definitely going to want those minutes because ultimately that will improve his chances of 
getting goals, performing to the highest level, getting an England call up, who knows? Um, of course, there's conversations about him playing for Ghana, so we'll see what happens there, particularly with the World Cup coming up. Um, but as far as I know, he hasn't actually confirmed that he's playing for Ghana. So who knows? He may still be eyeing a spot in the England squad. Um, but, you know, he's going to have to do a lot to get in for this World Cup. Uh, so I doubt he's eyeing up that one. But you never know. You never know. Stranger things have happened in football. But the most important thing is that he should be starting this game. And we're going to need his goals if we're going to do anything in the Europa League group stages, really. Um, because these are going to be his games. Similar to sort of Wenger when it came to young players in the League Cup. There are certain players who the Europa League group stages are for them. And Enketia is definitely one of them. And he's looked great. He's looked hungry. He's looked physical. He's looked fast. He's looked sharp. His touch has been better. So it's set up for him to do well. It's on him to take the chance, which I fully expect him to get. And I really hope he takes and And I think he will. So we'll see what happens there. He has more than enough quality to do so. It's just on him to do it. He scored in his last two uh, games that he started in Europa League. So let's hope he goes on to make it a third. Um, so yeah, those are the players uh, for FC Zurich. They have a few, right? They've got Desmali, who was being capped by Switzerland 69 times between 2006 and 2018. Um, he's played in two World Cups. Um, he's back at the club where it all started for him, um, but he's played for the likes of Bolton, Palmer, Napoli, and Galatasaray. Um, he's sort of a midfield maestro who's been known to get his own uh, sort of shaka booms, balls pulled back to the edge of the area where he sort of hammered it home from distance. So he's been known to get a few of those over the years. So it's something we'll have to keep an eye out for. Um, they've also got um, a player named Omaracic, who's a defender and current Swiss teammate of Granit Xhaka. He was previously linked um, with a move to AC Milan. He's a 20-year-old defender. He's he's decent in 1v1 defending. He uses his frame quite, quite well to kind of stay on his feet and get in front and almost shove the attacker off the ball. But he does like a slide tackle. He's, he's good at them, but he does like them. And so if you're sort of a tricky winger, that might be an opportunity for you to to you know, dangle a foot and get him to dive in, which could uh, win you a free kick or a penalty even. He does get tempted to go to ground, so we could definitely use that in our advantage. Um, there's also the former Rangers player, Nikola Katic, who's a former Rangers defender. You uh, Rangers uh, fans will remember him for getting that old firm goal, which uh, I think he says is one of the highlights of his career. There's also a Norwegian teammate of Martin Odegaard's, Ole uh, Selenas, um, he's a 28-year-old left-foot central midfielder who's a really good passer of the ball. So he likes a sort of clipped ball first time over the top into the midfield or out wide to escape pressure. Um, he also does a really good sliced ball through uh, through the lines onto wide runners coming in central. So if, they, if you've got a wide player who's going from wide and making a run in centrally, he plays a really nice sliced ball through the lines for them to run onto. Um, and given what we saw Ericsson and Fernandez do on the weekend from uh, the deep line midfield position in terms of their passing, and also the exposure on the flanks that we have because of our um, positional play, he is a great sort of out ball if they're under pressure and we're putting them under pressure. So it's something we'll need to be aware of um, in terms of him starting their counterattacks. Um, so you definitely, you definitely don't want to give them space to pick a pass, but realistically, we should be on top of them. So we shouldn't really be giving them space to do that, but it's something to watch out for. But I think realistically, their danger person right now um, is going to be the Benin international Tosin. Um, he's the club's top scorer this season with five goals in all competition, and he is one to watch. Um, he'll sort of function as their chief attacking threat. Um, so he opened his account um, against Lugano um, last weekend in the game that they lost. So keep an eye out for sort of balls played across the box. Um, 
in a cutback that he can sort of run onto and score. So his opening goal was exactly that. A ball got played from the right-hand side of the box across. Um, in terms of cutback, he took a touch and then did a half volley into the net. Um, the 24-year-old is sort of a winger, second striker. He, he seems to have good instincts when pressing the front line. So if there's sort of a loose touch or a loose pass played in the back line, he'll be onto it like a flash. Um, he has decent pace, not blistering, not electric, but decent pace. So you definitely, you know, our defenders should be able to handle him in a one-on-one, but you, you definitely don't want Rob Holding running backwards towards goal against him because that won't end well at all. Um, he does have decent movement in and around the box as well, so he may well wait for that cutback from wide and then burst in space to meet it. So I think prime uh, Aubameyang scoring penalty box goals, right? That sort of movement where he sort of takes a few steps back, takes, takes a few steps to the side and then darts forward in front of the defender to get his toe on it, to knock it in. He has that kind of movement in the box, which is really good, but he does take up sort of second striker positions, um, number 10 positions as well. Um, he's left-footed, but can play a decent part of his rice and he's uh, with his right, so it's dangerous and uh, definitely should watch out for him. So I think he'll be their sort of attacking outlet, but none of the players I've mentioned and none of the players they have should worry us if we play to our level. Of course, that being said, you know, we have players who are, how can I put this? We have players who are being rotated in. So maybe the starting 11 we have haven't played together much. There might be a bit of rustiness. There may not necessarily be the level of um, sort of telepathic thinking that there is with the starting 11 that started throughout the season. So again, we're going to need to be a bit um, careful about what we do when it comes to that. So anyway, that's the end of part one. Part two, we'll start to delve into a little bit about some of the stats, their style of play, our style of play and what we can expect as well as starting lineups. So bear with us, be right back. Hello people, this is part two of the Highbury Club. Hope all is good. So we were just talking about the game against FC Zurich, looking at some of the key players and danger men for them and for us. Um, On to part two, and we'll be looking at some stats, just style of play, um, what we can expect and uh, expected starting lineup. So let's see what happens. Um, so with FC Zurich, like we said, they've um, not won a game in their domestic season. Um, so they've won zero, drawn two, lost five. They're currently ninth place out of 10. Um, they did win the Swiss League last season, like we said, walked it by 14 points. Um, they changed managers, um, the new managers sort of trying to impose his style, as it were, as they've made a slight tweak in, in the way they play. Um, but they're really not in a good place at the moment. Obviously, compare that to us, where we've, you know, played five, uh, sorry, played six, won five, lost one, scored 14, uh, conceded seven, and we're currently sat in first place. Uh, so couldn't be two more contrasting situations if we, uh, if, if we tried. So... Zurich's style of play, FC Zurich's style of play. Let's take a look-see. Um, so did a bit of research myself because not obviously not a team I watch regularly. Um, and by all accounts, it sounds like they used to be more of a counter-attacking team um, and they've tried to be a bit more of a possession team this year. So as I said, um, they switched managers after winning the league um, and so they have a new manager in who's imposing his style. Um, for example, recently they've played a 3-4-3 um, to try and exploit some of the pace they have in wide areas. Again, they have some pace. They're not blistering, but they have some pace to exploit. Um, I do expect for this game, though, for them to revert back to more of a counter-attacking approach against us, um, though it would be hilarious if they literally came out and said, let's ball. That would be brilliant. Could you imagine sort of playing a game where a team 
you'd expect to do a deep block just comes out and just decides to play you that would be that would be brilliant but i'm expecting more of a sort of deep block counter-attacking game um as you said tosin will probably be their sort of attacking threat um so he's definitely going to be one of those players that um is going to look to exploit a counter-attack because he does take up that sort of second striker role um he can either go wide um into the half attacking half spaces and drifting centrally or be positioned centrally to exploit any of the spaces out wide so it just depends on the game state um what what he'll tend to do so but he'll definitely be looking for an opportunity to break and so any of those sliced passes through that we spoke about from a uh, Nas, um he'll definitely look to try and exploit those as well um so whether it be on the counter-attack or otherwise, look for a ball played um, wide where it can then be played across the box for a cutback. So whether that's sort of they attack through the middle, get it out wide and cut it back back centrally, or whether or not essentially they build up through the middle um, on the counter-attack and then, yeah, play it wide to the wing for the cutback. That's definitely something they like to do. Um, so, yeah, that'll be something that they'll look to take advantage of, especially Tosin's instincts when it comes to the front line. Um, so while we're playing possession football or while we're playing out from the back, we need to make sure our passing is on point because any loose balls, he'll be onto it like a flash for sure. So we really do have to be quite switched on. Um, I'm expecting to see Matt Turner in goal, personally. Might not happen. You never know. He might stick with Ramsdale because uh, Matt Turner is definitely the the number two, um, was brought in to be the number two. Challenge, of course, but he certainly is the number two. Um so it'll be interesting to see because we know that from all the reporting uh, that Matt Turner's rated quite highly as a shot stopper. We didn't quite see that in preseason where some of the shots he faced maybe left some of us questioning that. But I think in reality, again, all reporting seems to be shot stopping is definitely his bag. The thing that he's had to work on supposedly is passing the ball out with his feet and his just general um, uh, footballing play with the ball at his feet. So this might be a good game to test that because this is a team that's decent when it comes to trying to um, exploit any loose balls at the back, but a team that we can definitely handle um, in in terms of their attack. So if you wanted to try out Matt Turner and his ability to pass out and how much he's improved, this might be a decent test for him, but not one that would be too onerous. Like, for example, when we threw Runas in against Man City, which was genuinely ridiculous. Um, so yeah, maybe this is a game we see Matt Turner, we see how he passes and we see whether or not we can handle what as Zurich have. Again, not expecting us to face much trouble, but we saw what happened with Chelsea when they went to Dynamo Zagreb. We've seen Rangers and Ajax, we've seen Liverpool at Napoli. Now granted, all of those teams are much different proposition than FC Zurich, but you should not travel away in Europe and just assume you've got the three points because you're the better team on paper. That's not how football works in a professional world. Um, so let's see what happens. So, you know, if Matter and it was to start, that could be a good test for him or a potential recipe for disaster. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think talking about um, Tosin, he's a good one-on-one dribbler. Um, he's very confident as well. So, you know, you may see him sort of approach a defender, try to sort of jockey the ball and then drop a shoulder feint and slip past the player when the player dives in. So again, we don't want to be diving in because he's quite good, a quite good one-on-one dribbler. But again, nothing we can't deal with. Um, their manager, Foda, spoke at his press conference about Arsenal and our style of play. It seems that, you know, they've quite obviously um, scouted us really well. He spoke about the fact that, you know, um, they'll need to be compact defensively um, because ultimately they know that we're very good at extreme, uh, positional play. 
often have a lot of possession, that they need to keep the gaps in width and depth small um, because we're brilliant at playing through the lines and he's got us down to a T. Um, I don't have to tell you all about our style of play. You all know what we're going to do. You know the positional play. You know the 3-2-5 or the 2-3-5, depending on the game state. You know the fullbacks pushing into the midfield, playing alongside the midfielder. Um, you know the fact that the channels are our weakness where there's space in behind because our fullbacks have vacated it, so balls in behind. Good one-on-one defending is needed to to deal with any of those. Um, previous games of the season, we've handled it well. Against Man United, it got exploited. Um, but you also know that the positional play allows our attackers to occupy them, and between the midfield and the attack, we can box them in and move the ball about, shift them from side to side, create triangles on the edges of the areas. Um, as we move them out, we create space, and we can either pick their pocket with good interplay in those triangles, or play the ball wide for a cutback that um, can be met by one of the different attacking lines. So we've got multiple options, or it allows for us to be close enough for individual brilliance like Jesus against Leicester. So we'll see what happens, particularly when we see the starting lineup and and who's going to play. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, what goes on there. In terms of the lineup, um, for me personally, the you know there's no Smith Rowe, no Cedric, no Nelson, no Party, no Anini. Um, while I would be more than happy never to see Cedric in an Arsenal shirt again, it would have been useful to be able to rotate him in because we could have done, you know, um, Tommy Asu and holding at centre-back. Tommy Asu plays left centre-back for Japan, for example, holding right centre-back, Tierney left-back and Cedric right-back, um, allowing for an almost complete rotation of our back line. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do at right-back. Um, Lino Sosa has travelled um, with the team as well as Marquinhos. Um, it sounds like it's more of a experience travelling with the first team rather than starting, but you never know. Um, Europa League has been an opportunity for us to blood young players in the past, so it could be again. Um, but otherwise, it could just very much be a case that we're going to see, you know, um, Turner in goal, Tommy, Tommy Yasuo at right back, holding at centre-back with maybe Ben White, um, Tierney, Sambi, Vieira, Shaka, Marquinhos, Martinelli and Nketiah. That's my thinking in terms of the starting lineup. But do get in touch. Let me know yours. I'd be interested to know um, what you think. Had a look at the FC Zurich starting lineup, but other than Tosin, um, I don't know too many of them. Most of them that I've I've heard of, I've sort of seen in the periphery, um, as it were. Um, but no point in me going through it because, to be honest, I doubt most of you care. Quite frankly, most of you are probably thinking, "We, I don't care who they've got on their team. We're good enough to play." Um, and that's no disrespect to them. I just suspect that we're very much focused on our own starting lineup and what we can do. Um, so it will be interesting to see what the starting lineup is, particularly given some of the injuries, um, particularly the likes of Cedric and Smith Rowe, who you know could have come in at right back. Smith Rowe could have come in instead of Martinelli, for example, or played in the eight with um, someone else playing wide. So it's it'll be interesting to see what Arteta does. Um, I, for one, personally, just two things: win the game and win the game comfortably, and no injuries. That's it for me. Not looking for anything else. Win the game comfortably, come out with no injuries. Um, we don't need a swashbuckling performance. We don't need the team to run themselves into the ground before Everton at the weekend. We need the players to win this game comfortably, come out with the three points, no injuries. We go again on the weekend because we have a, a tough game against Everton that we need to win, so we need to make sure we come back in one piece. Um, and that's it. In terms of other news that's going on, obviously we all heard about the sacking of Thomas Tuchel, which is hilarious but completely unsurprising when you think of Chelsea. Also, Tuchel has been known to have a bit of an abrasive personality. So again, this is 
somewhat unsurprising. It is quite hilarious that, you know, Aubameyang essentially came back to Chelsea, played with him, had all of, you know, 59 minutes in a loss to uh, Dynamo Zagreb. And now they've got a new manager, which is very much likely by the time you hear this to be Graham Potter from Brighton. Great opportunity for him. He's a manager who, if they give him time, lol. But if they give him time and they let him do what he wants to do, I think he'd do a brilliant job at Chelsea, which it sickens me to say because he's a very good manager. Um, but the question is time. Will they give him time? Chelsea are not a club who would give him time. You know, a manager like Arteta would have been sacked three times over if it was Chelsea. Thankfully, we have Arteta and he's managed to do well for the most part, though definite question marks about some aspects of his, his management, but he's a young manager, so... That is to be expected. In terms of uh, Chelsea, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will take a while for, you'd imagine it'll be a while for for Graham Potter's style of play and his ideas to get across at that club. Um, But maybe not, you know, under a different manager, maybe they have the players to do quite well. He will link up again with Cucurella, for example, um, who he knows very well. So that should be a comfortable fit. Um, And, you know, he plays... uh, wing-backs at Brighton, Chelsea play wing-backs, so he's got the squad to do what he wants to do. He can coach a, he can coach a team to be quite bust, robust. Um, so fully expecting that to be a good match. It's the magnitude of managing a club that big. There's other aspects of managing it in terms of the egos you have to deal with and the politics involved. So it'll be whether he can not, he can manage that, and that will be the test for him. But, all account, but by all accounts, good manager, good pickup by them. I did wonder whether they'd have a sneaky shot at you know, trying to take Conte off Spurs, given the history there, the fact he's won a Premier League trophy for them previously. But it looks like Conte's fully bedded into the Spurs project for now. So fingers crossed that blows up soon because, you know, that's how things end with Conte, right? Eventually there's a blow up and he leaves. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Speaking about politics, we had some strange comments from Bird and Leno. Um, I don't know what it is about goalkeepers leaving Arsenal and deciding they need to pipe up, but it is what it is. Um, it's a shame as well because well-liked, well-respected player. I don't really understand the bitterness, but, well, I say bitterness. Maybe that's an unfair characterization. Um, he said, when I realized that it wasn't about performance or quality, I knew that I had to go. In preparation, I saw that it is not about performance, but only about politics. It was clear to me I had to get out of here. Now... I don't think he could be talking about Ramsdale because by all accounts, they seem to have a very good relationship, very good respect. I think it's obvious why Ramsdale was chosen. I think uh, Leno is the better shot stopper, but we know why Ramsdale is the number one. So we can only really be talking about Matt Turner, um, which I find odd because I don't, you know, I didn't ever get the sense that there was nothing in the reporting to suggest that Leno would be fine being the number two. And given the World Cup coming up and the fact that he was in a Germany squad, um, before being dropped, you don't imagine he would have been satisfied being the number two. So in my mind, we picked up Turner because um, Leno was going. Now, it may be that, you know, Leno was too good a player on too high a wage to leave as a number two. So it might be better to get someone in who's cheaper, smaller wages than number two and move Leno on. Can understand that completely. Um, I can even understand the idea that maybe the club had a choice between two different keepers and went for Matt Turner because of the commercial aspects. If there wasn't much difference between Turner and the alternative, and the only difference between them is one can make you a bit more money in the Americas than the other, then, you know, this, you know, I can kind of see how that might factor into a decision, but I can't see how 
the idea that Matt Turner can maybe bring in some US dollars from US fans would mean that Arteta would play him over Leno. I'd, you know, so it'd be interesting to know what specific politics he means there because I, I don't understand him. By all accounts, Arteta doesn't either if he's to be believed on face value. When he was told about the comments, he said, I'm really surprised. I don't know if he was talking about the politics when he was starting every match or the politics when he wasn't playing. I'm really surprised about it. Um, given the amount of respect between um, the manager and the player um, and the way everyone's spoken about the player, I bet it would be a bit of a surprise to hear these comments. But like we know, when there's distance between a player and the club, they start to be able to say things that they previously wouldn't say. And obviously he wouldn't say this when he was at the club and employed by the club. But it is where it is. You know, he's moved on. The market tells you about your level. He's now at Fulham. No disrespect, but he's now at Fulham. We played them. We beat them. Wish him all the best, except when he plays against us. Um, lastly, it's player of the month. Um, player of the month time. So I believe Erdegaard and Jesus have been nominated for Premier League player of the month. For Arsenal player of the month, it's Erdegaard, Jesus, Saliba and Martinelli. Um, on all accounts... Would be happy for any one of them to win it. They've all been brilliant. Personally, I'd probably vote for Jesus just ahead of Martinelli. Um, they've both been fantastic. They've both been getting goals. I'd say Jesus' overall level is higher, understandably. Um, so for me, he'd get my vote on that. But I wouldn't be against any one of them winning it. I think they've been fantastic, all of them, and they all deserve some praise. So, yeah, that's it for me um, in terms of part two. We look ahead to the game tonight. Um, please do have a listen, like, subscribe, share, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and um, and Spotify. Nothing else to say, just let's wait for the game tonight. European games, group stages, I know people, it can be a bit tedious for people. Personally, I love it because you do get rotation. You do get to see an opportunity for your other players to get a chance to shine and do good work. For the most part, they tend to be there tends to be less jeopardy. So, you know, you're sort of hiding behind the sofa a lot less. So you can kind of go and enjoy it. I'm not saying you'll be an easy game, but I am expecting us to win. I want us to win comfortably and I want us to get out of there injury-free and move on to focus on the game against Everton. So we'll see how it goes. You definitely can't take these games lightly. They will want a big scalp to turn their season around. But equally, you know, we, we're coming off the back of a loss and we want to get back to winning ways. So And these players will want to prove themselves to get into the match day squad for the Premier League. So... You know, we've got it all to play for as well. Anyway, that's it for me. It's your boy Caesar. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at C Says, C E A S E S A Y S. You can find us at the Hybrid Club on socials at the Hybrid Club. Hope all is well. Hope you enjoy the game later today. Come on, you gunners. Let's get that win and kick on. Talk to you in a bit, people. <laughs>